0: Over the past two episodes, you've all listened as Ulysses S. Grant went from a filthy drunk street urchin to a filthy sometimes drunk hero general. But that's only like 66.6666667% of the story. Following the Civil War, Grant would go on to be President of the United States, and to this day, historians still debate on whether or not he was a good president. Today on HPH, we're going to tell you the story of his presidency, and also tell you our obviously correct opinions on the matter. So, go ahead and grab your drinks, settle in, and enjoy this episode of 100 Proof History, titled Ulysses S. Grant, Part 3. Nice guys finish last. This is 100 Proof History. We're drinking whiskey and talking history. So, grab a drink, sit back, Relax. And enjoy a few laughs as the guys talk about all the horrible things people do to each other. Here are your hosts, Chris and Greg.
1: Whoa! Yes, hello, everyone. Yes, hi. We're finishing up, Grant. Yeah, yeah. It's it. It's it. We're gonna do it. Ah! Oh, can't wait. This story sucks. <laughs> I mean,
0: I'm sorry. It doesn't suck. No, it's interesting and entertaining. And they've been listening all this time for this exciting conclusion that doesn't peter out at all. Hey, there's KKK in the second half. Well, that'll excite some, like 40% of our audience. No, that's
1: just exciting. (laughs) You don't have to agree with them for it to be exciting. It's tantalizing.
0: Violence. Yeah. It's gratuitous. There is a lot of violence. There it is.
1: That sounds really bad. I'm not at all advocating for
0: that He's <laughs> like, I'm so excited that KKK's in this story. Finally. Just reading a book. <laughs> and finally it got starts there. <laughs> to,
1: when the book starts to kind of wane a little bit, it was a nice like uptick. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It got my attention.
0: <laughs> Greg's like, oh, political scandal, political scandal, political scandal. I'm powering down. <sighs> KKK. Whoa, Greg's back in. Hello. Murder. <laughs> Finally, I feel some representation. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, obviously, we hate the KKK and denounce everything they stand for. Agreed. It's sad that I have to say that after those jokes, but I do, because, you know, once again, our yeah. legal legal department will get right after us. And with the, uh, you know, state of politics over the last several years, you never know. I know. They're- you never know. Is that guy serious? Yeah, and we'll get into it a little bit, but like going through the first part of the story at least, I'm like, huh, that seems awfully familiar, the way this person's acting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Chris, do you want to tell the listener our source,
0: even though it's been the same for the last two episodes, and if they were astute listeners, they'd already know? They'd already have it. They'd already be on their bookshelf, and they'd be tearing through this 1,300-page bad boy. But just in case you decided to come into part three, you're like, I don't care about the, the other parts of Grant's life, just the presidency. been okay, for you guys, the source is Grant by Ron Chernow. And I don't think I have anything else to say about this book. Good. Recommend it. But be prepared for a deep fucking dive. Maybe, maybe try and find an abridged version. Maybe.
1: Maybe get an exacto knife and go right down the middle of the <sighs> spine of this book. Uh-huh. Just right down the middle. Slice it in half. And then read that first half.
0: Now that you're finished with the book, I think in honor of Grant, you should turn this into your secret flask book. You should cut out the little <laughs> flask insert, <laughs> put it in there.
1: Oh, yeah, he's the perfect candidate for that. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> also, I, just a quick note for our listeners. If you haven't subscribed to our Patreon, we have some new content on there. We're doing a new thing where we do videos... And the audio version of the video, but mostly it's video of us talking about current events. And it's been a lot of fun so far. Hopefully our patrons are enjoying it. And if not, they can fucking suck an egg. They're already paying us money. But you guys will love it. You will fucking love it. Just give me, <laughs> just give me $3. This is all I need, baby. Just get me through the weekend. That's all I'm looking for. I mean,
1: really, just subscribe to the Patreon... And choose a really complex password, but don't write it down anywhere. So then it becomes a pain in the ass to log in and cancel. And <laughs> just keeps going in perpetuity.
0: Yeah, you're 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 too afraid. You you have too much social anxiety to call your credit card company and dispute the charges as we jack up the rates on you quietly. You know, just standard <laughs> standard podcast stuff. But you know, I, I you're feel eventually
1: like out of house and home. <laughs> We're reaping all the benefits in yeah. our palatial estates.
0: We're moving the wo- usual. Wolf dick into your rompus room, whatever a rompus room is. I just like to say rompus room. But yes, no, um, look it up. It could be good. Who knows?
1: <laughs> we sold the shit out of that one, too. <laughs> thank, let's you, go. thank
0: you. All right.
1: <laughs> you ready to get
0: into the final part of this story? God, I've been waiting for three weeks to get this shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. It's, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the Civil War was over, and things were looking pretty great for the United States. Slavery had been eliminated, the states were figuring out how to join back together, and the country had Abraham Lincoln's steady hand on the wheel to guide them to Reconstruction. Mm. And our boy, Ulysses S. Grant, was one of Lincoln's best friends, staunchest supporters, and he was ready to lend a hand wherever he needed. You just telling me what to do, Daddy Lincoln. I trust you. Nothing bad could ever happen to us. All right, come to the show with me. Oh, no, 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 no. But that is literally the next point, so. Uh, take her away, Chris. Spoilers! Well, on April 14th, 1865, less than one week after the war had ended, Grant was in Washington to regale Lincoln's cabinet with tales of Lee's surrender and to begin developing a plan to move forward. At that meeting, Lincoln invited Grant to join the president and his wife, Mary Todd, for a production of My American Cousin at Ford's Theater. Grant and his wife, Julia, well, they couldn't fucking stand Mary Todd Lincoln, who had insisted on calling Grant a butcher and a moron, and who had treated Julia Grant like shit when they had previously met. You know, we like to be keep it normal... And not call people crazy bitches, but Mary Todd was a crazy fucking bitch. She's nuts. <laughs> yes. And she was very possessive of Lincoln. And she thought there was something going on between Julia Grant and Lincoln. And, uh, you know, any any female he talked to, she's like, uh, did you get her fucking number? Let me check your phone. Let me check your phone. What is grinder? Nothing, <laughs> honey. Nothing. <laughs> That's a rumor we'll have to tackle someday, but not right now. Not right now. <laughs> So because they didn't get along, Grant declined the invitation. And now longtime listeners of the show, and well, let's face it, anyone with a basic understanding of American history, well they know what happened that night at Ford's Theater. Abraham Lincoln was shot by a tiny dicked actor with a tiny dick gun, and that actor's name was John Wilkes Booth. Lincoln would die the next morning, causing the entire nation, and specifically for this story, Ulysses S. Grant, to fall into a deep State of grief and despair. To make things worse, some dickhead racist named Andrew Johnson was now president of the United States. Boy, I knew uh, going into this that he was bad. Yeah, but I really had no idea how <laughs> I not either. Like we oh talked, my God, we talked about him briefly in our Robert Smalls episode way back when. You know, some of the shit things he did, but holy crap, this guy. Like, I'm beginning to think that after his presidency, that's when they decided to call Johnson's, like, that was a euphemism for penis, because of this <laughs> dude. Just a straight-up dickhead. And just a racist motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. It was so crazy, because he was Lincoln's vice president, but that's how just how they did shit back then. They would pick people they think would help get the president elected, regardless mm-hmm. of their political views. So this dude who's like, like Lincoln, you know, towards the end of the war is like, hey, we got to have peace. we got to have good reconstruction. And Johnson's like, I think we should fucking murder the shit out of anyone who's ever fought for the Confederacy. What do you guys say? Let's fucking do it, right? Yeah. And like I said, Lincoln was a Republican. Johnson was a Democrat, which in 1865 meant he supported limited government, states' rights, and white supremacy. It's weird. It's weird that, uh, that's what it was like back then. Kind of crazy. There's a
1: flippy floppy thing that happened somewhere along the Uh, way. (laughs) Well,
0: not if you ask Uh, one party. They say that flip never happened. I don't know how they explain the fact that one party still flies the Confederate flags and the other don't. But, uh, you know, whatever. I'm not going to get into (laughs) debate. Yeah. I've never looked into it. How about that? Nothing to do with the southern strategy. The 60s. Not at all. Didn't happen. Shut up. Oh, okay. We need that 40%. Come on, man. Come on. (laughs) Johnson was such a racist, he would later be quoting as saying, And Wolf Dick, I swear to God, if you sample this for later, I will murder you. I will come over there and finish the fucking job. <laughs> quote, This is a country for white men, and by God, as long as I am president, it shall be a government for white men. End quote. Oh, I just have a bad feeling it's going to be in the intro from now on. <laughs> He's got a boner back there, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> He's getting excited. He's revving up the speaking spell. Piece of shit. (laughs) Well, during the war, Grant had advocated for emancipation, black military service, and black suffrage. And for our idiot listeners, suffrage doesn't mean suffering. It means voting. The right to vote. You fucking morons. You disgust me.
1: They're children, Chris. They're children.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They should know better. God damn it. (laughs) Grant's best buddy William Tecumseh Sherman had created an order giving 400,000 acres of Carolina and Florida coastline to freed slaves an order Grant greatly supported but uh with Lincoln dead Andrew Johnson decided to take a big old watery shit all over those ideals and it feels like a good place to tell you that uh I do feel like Sherman did this specifically to spite the southerners and the people who pissed him off like South Carolina and Georgia for like resisting Because going forward, Sherman's going to be like, Reconstruction's stupid. Why do we have soldiers down here? Let's just, like, reunite the country and let things go back to where they were. Everything's good now. But, you know, during the war, he's like, fuck these motherfuckers. I'm going to burn their houses down. Give it to the black people. (laughs) (laughs) Suck it. Yeah, uh, he's an interesting dude. Yeah. He is an interesting fellow indeed. Yeah, and we'll have to do a show on him someday. But uh, for now, we will continue on with our coverage. Be Ulysses Grant. No. <laughs> Let's just pivot. <laughs> just right in the middle of this one. <laughs> part three. They're, they're like, I've been listening for three goddamn hours to this Grant story, and I got 10 minutes into it, and they're like, oh, you know what? For the rest of this one, Sherbet. Sure, <laughs> that's what this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert Grant dies. No. I've I've already spoiled it before, so. <laughs> It's not that much of a spoiler.
0: But But Sherman's still alive, right? He's still ticking? Yes, boy. Yes, he is. (sighs) You don't know that. You haven't read the book yet. You don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first, Andrew Johnson decided he would appoint all of the new southern governors, and then elections would be held to create state legislatures in those southern states. And, of course, only white men could vote in those elections. Then, in August of 1865, he issued an order saying that southern whites could have all of their land back, which forced the freed slaves to give up their land and work as sharecroppers. Like, uh, you know that four-year war we just fought? (laughs) Didn't fucking happen, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna go, uh, after I get done with this, I'm just gonna go take a damning hot, like, 1865 malaria-induced piss all over. Abraham Lincoln's grave. Like <laughs> that guy. <laughs> he died for nothing. Dumb yeah, motherfucker. Uh, Johnson was an awful person. Yes. It only gets worse. It only Damn. gets worse. Mm-hmm. Well, Grant hated everything Johnson was doing, but he viewed himself as a military man, not a politician. So he stayed out of the politics and just did his job. And at first that job was just going around accepting gifts and giving speeches. He was given a massive house in Philadelphia, which he had to sell so he could move to Washington. Joining him in this new home was his weak, old-ass father-in-law, the Colonel, Colonel Dent, who still hated Grant and spent all day calling everything Lincoln had done unconstitutional.
1: Yeah, dude, fuck Colonel Dent. I hate (laughs) him so much. But uh, a little-known fact, one of the gifts given to Grant was a fancy overcoat. Grant who had previously sold firewood in his old army jacket because it was the only warm piece of clothing he owned, said, quote, There have been times in my life when the gift of an overcoat would have been an act of charity. No one gave it to me when I needed it. Now when I am able to pay for all I need, such gifts are continually thrust upon me, end quote.
0: Fucking ingrate.
1: I hear this time and time again, like, <laughs> yeah. once you get rich, you don't pay for anything.
0: Yeah, stupid. Fuck. It is stupid. Yeah. I not get rich. Ugh, get I do agree it is dumb, but did he have to say to the tailor as the guy was putting it on his back? He's like, "That's a really nice jacket. Really wish you'd have given it to me fucking ten years ago, dickhead." I'm, like, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah. He does his whole Larry David. Why? Why is it that when I was poor, you didn't give me a jacket, but now I need? I don't need. I don't need the jacket, but you're giving me a jacket. You know, this guy's like, "Oh, fuck! Please leave." Please get out of here, sir. You know what? I feel like the right arm's a little longer than the left arm.
1: (laughs) Uh, No, sir. No, sir. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Take a look. Take a look.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, as far as the military went, Grant thought the best way to reunify the country was to go to war with Mexico. Makes sense. It was around this time that Mexico was serving as a puppet state for the French. The Mexican people wanted freedom, and Grant thought the North and the South could join forces to make it happen. Just rainbows and unicorns, guys. We got a common enemy. Brown people. Let's fucking do it. Andrew Johnson told him it was a stupid idea, and maybe it was, because it would have meant a broke, divided U.S. going to war with France. Probably not the best time to do that. In the end, all Grant would do is station troops on the border, you know, just in case, but the Mexican people wound up overthrowing the government themselves. During the summer of 1865, Johnson sent a general named Carl Schurz on a tour of the southern states. Schurz came back and told Johnson, you know, things are pretty shitty down there. New legislation, known as Black Codes, created laws to target freed slaves, where petty offenses and white violence against black people went pretty much unchecked and unprosecuted. Oh, well, when Johnson had sent Scherz down there, he's like, Hey, man, give me a good report. And the guy came back and was like, Everything is shit. Everything's on fire. It's terrible. You need to fix this shit. Well, Johnson didn't like that answer, so he sent Grant on a similar tour. But this time, Grant was to meet with a bunch of rich, white, southern men who assured him everything was just, you know, it's great. Everything's, yeah, <laughs> we're clockwork, man. We're, yeah, we love this new federal government. Uh, states Woo! rights are stupid. Uh... Can't believe we did the whole slavery thing for, like, 200 years, right? That was stupid, (laughs) right? He's great. We're doing good. Well, Grant decided to just take their word for it and return to tell Johnson the great news, and that led Johnson to believe Grant was on his side. But as word of violence continued to make its way to Grant, he sent more and more orders to his generals to use the military to keep the peace and protect everyone equally. Meanwhile, Johnson began to fight a war against Congress. It was a Nerf war. Not (laughs) go (laughs) well. The Great Nerf War of 1865. Ken Burns is currently working on a documentary on it. and It's going to be like 18 parts, even though the thing lasted like six hours. This guy is fucking guy, But I can't wait to see Morgan Freeman voices. Probably Andrew Johnson. That, that'd be oh, my still shots of scenery. <laughs> yeah. Battles were once fought on. <laughs> yeah. Old timey photos of Andrew Johnson holding the fucking Nerf sniper rifle. That thing that goes over your the little glass crosshair that goes over your eye. I think so stupid. <laughs> All Nerf is stupid. If you're over 13, you're playing Nerf. Please, please. Hey, fuck you. Seek- <laughs> fuck you. I forgot your wife's boyfriend gave you all those nerf guns and darts to let you play with the neighborhood kids while he's over there. Yeah. Yeah. What a guy. That Russell.
1: He's a he's a true man. Keep my mind off things, you know.
0: <laughs> Not healthy to dwell. That's true.
1: That's what he said. <laughs> then he patted me on the head and said, Now I'm off with you, boy. Go get him, champ. <laughs> I said thanks, new daddy. <laughs>
0: Well, in March of 1866, Congress passed a law saying anyone born in the U.S. was a citizen. Well, anyone except a Native American, you know, because we didn't call them Native Americans back then. Then you'd have to call them Americans, and we didn't count them as Americans back then. But, you know, whatever, whatever. Not important to this part of the story, the fact that we persecuted the shit out of them. You know, let's let's ignore that for a while. (laughs) Johnson vetoed the bill. And Congress promptly overrode his veto. Then, in June, they said, you know what, fuck, that's not a law, that's a goddamn constitutional amendment. And they made it the 14th Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. Johnson spoke out against this constitutional amendment publicly, uh, and urged the southern states to just reject the shit out of it. We ain't gonna accept that. And they did, but it would still be ratified two years later in 1868. Now Grant, uh, he still wasn't completely on his side, he didn't like the way he was treating the freed slaves, but uh, Johnson, he's like, hey, I know I know the way of your heart, buddy. Guy who's been broke his whole life, what if I uh, up your salary, 20 grand, and what if we started calling you general, just general, not lieutenant, not major, just straight up general. I like the way that sounds. And of course, Congress, they couldn't go against him, because then it'd be like, shitting on the guy who just won the war for the country so it yeah. passed He's general of the army yep and he started his insurance company incredibly low rates teamed up with shack you know to sell insurance on uh uhf channels that no one gets anymore but uh <laughs> it all worked out in the end it all worked out Go with the
1: general and save some time.
0: <laughs> God. I forgot about that shit. I, I hope that's national. I hope everybody gets that shit. It's not just the it's local. It's not just here in Texas. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Text with the little animated four-star general.
0: screaming <laughs> about, just save money on car insurance, join the general or some shit. I don't know.
1: Well, for our international listeners and anybody national not privy to that. Yeah. Just uh, trust us. It was a funny reference. we <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> have to take our words for it.
0: Yeah. Laugh now, please, Germans. Thank you. And go. Thank you. Well, following this promotion, Johnson took Grant on a speaking tour of the North known as the Swing Around the Circle, in which Johnson hoped to sway Northerners into accepting his racist policies. The same Northerners who just fought a four-year war to fight racist policies. I think this is going to go great. Uh, you know? <laughs> I got a good feeling about this. Well, let's find out. All right. Well, at first, Greg, it went pretty okay. But uh, our boy Johnson, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that back. Your boy Johnson. No, no, no. Wolf Dick's boy Johnson. Okay, fine. No one's boy Johnson got more and more agitated that crowds called for Grant and didn't really care to hear from the president. Then, at a stop in Cleveland, hecklers made Johnson just lose his shit. He's screaming back and forth with the hecklers, and at one point, one of his supporters shouted, Hey man, maintain your dignity, to which Johnson replied, I don't care about my dignity. I'm a racist. (laughs) That's just how he ended every sentence. Just a punctuation mark. Merry Christmas, Mr. Johnson. Merry Christmas to you, too.
1: I'm a racist. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, sir? <laughs> you heard me. I'm a racist. Uh, yes, I did hear you. It just caught me off guard, sir. Uh, anyway, we'll uh... Are you and the wife still hosting that dinner party?
0: Yes. I'm a racist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, have a good day, sir. Oh, thank you, and uh, you too. The weather's very nice, uh, <laughs> I, I hope to see you at the dinner party. <laughs> okay, I hope to see you too. The end. I, I, I'm not going to say it. You expected <laughs> me to say it. <laughs> just kidding. I'm a racist. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's good. Well, on future tour stops, Johnson would blame Congress for white violence against the freed blacks. He'd say he was the most slandered man in America. You know, just the, the most hated upon most persecuted president the world had ever seen, right? In the history of the country. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he would say he was being treated like Judas Iscariot. Like, I don't know how the metaphor tracks, but uh, you gotta have some big persecution complex to compare yourself to the guy who was, you know, historically tied to betraying his best friend, the savior of all mankind. Yeah, you, you gotta be like, you know, have high opinions of yourself to say shit like sure. that. Sure, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is it is weird, though, reading the story going, hmm, I don't think a president would ever say something like that. Like how mistreated he was and how everybody's picking on him and, you know, how it was all unfair. It's kind of like a, yeah. a witch hunt, if you will.
1: Well, you know, that's why we never had that again. This dude yeah. was such an awful impeached president mm-hmm. that... Surely that safeguards us in the future from having to deal with that again, because right, the writing's yes. on the wall, you see it coming. hmm
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we would avoid that completely going forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Well, at some point in the tour, Grant, man, he'd been doing good since the end of the war, but uh, he fell in with old Abe Lincoln Surgeon, and the two of them just decided to get shit-faced all the time. And Grant used that as an excuse to say, "Hey, man, I'm sick. I can't give this speech today. Hi am uh, for some reason, I have this really bad headache, you know light sensitivity. I've been throwing up all morning. I don't know it's stomach bug or something. It's probably COVID. It checks out the symptoms, so um, I'm, I'm not going out there." <laughs> and eventually, Grant abandoned the tour altogether. Well, things only got worse for the Johnson presidency in 1867. Congress passed the Reconstruction Acts, which uh, backed up the 14th Amendment by saying that the South would be divided into military districts commanded by our boy Grant, and Johnson couldn't fire Grant, and any military orders issued by Johnson had to go through Grant. And of course, Johnson vetoed all three Reconstruction Acts, but once again, Congress gave him the uh, the old middle finger and overrode his vetoes. Hey, you got no power here, old king said to Gandalf. It's a Lord of the Rings meme, Greg. The kids like Lord of the Rings. Okay, don't give me that fucking look. They enjoy it. I read all three books and The Hobbit. It's the movie though. The the guy that remember. hits with the staff and he goes young again and leads Gondor back into the war. <laughs> and then the trees gave a six-hour monologue about how bad the orcs were for cutting down the trees. And then a bunch of hippies were like, yeah, we shouldn't cut down the trees. And then a bunch of yuppies in the age were like, fuck that shit, watch this. That's where we are today. (laughs) Okay. I don't even know where I was (laughs) here. Yeah. (laughs) Well, also passed in March of 1867 was the Tenure of Office Act, which said the president couldn't fire his cabinet members without congressional approval. This was specifically designed to protect Secretary of War Edwin Stanton Who was a dick to pretty much everyone, but who was especially hated by Johnson. And this guy was a dick, if you guys remember back to our Lincoln series where Mary Todd wanted to come see Lincoln. He's like, get that fucking woman out of this room. This is no (laughs) place for hysterics. She's probably on her period. You want bears in here mauling the president while he's on his deathbed? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, to be fair, though. <laughs> it was mary todd yeah that's true well at first to get around that 10-year office act johnson hilariously sent a message to stanton saying quote public considerations of a high character constrain me to say your resignation of secretary of war will be accepted i'm a racist end quote <laughs> <laughs> i love that i i reading that you know like History doesn't have a lot of jokes, but this guy says, I can't fire you, but I'm just going to straight up say, hey, I accept your resignation. This guy's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Stanton replied with, quote, public considerations of a high character constrain me not to resign the office of secretary of war. He's like, I didn't fucking resign. Fuck you. Come on, man. Well, and this is one of the things like they're saying, like, hey,
1: if you fire him. You're going to be impeached. Yeah. So he's like, all right, all right. I'm just going to demand
0: his resignation. I'm just going to tell him Check, I accept his resignation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you imagine walking to work and your boss is like, right, hey, hey, come here, come here, come here. Yeah. No, he's going to wait till the end of the day, of course. But he's going to say, hey, come here, come here. Hey, I accept your resignation. You're like, the f- fuck? Okay. Uh, don't remember uh, tendering my resignation. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Trust me. H.R. has investigated this shit. They saw what you did in the bathroom. They've talked to Becky in accounting. I accept your resignation. Run,
1: run. Well, yes, sir, but I'm not going to tender my resignation. I'm going to grinder it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> See you Sunday. <laughs> the mimosas. Oh, I was yeah. going
0: to say, when his family thinks he's in Sunday school. Yeah, mimosas in Sunday school. Mm-hmm. You didn't have those when you were eleven. <laughs> Sunday school was in your uncle's basement. <laughs> At the Ten, Ten Commandments is honor thy father, honor thy mother, but next to mother is like apostrophe S, brother. Like, oh. 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 This is my father's brother. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> well,. Since Stanton wouldn't resign, Johnson just suspended him anyway and made Grant the temporary Secretary of War. This began a tug-of-war between Johnson and the Radical Republicans in Congress over Grant's future. The Radical Republicans expected Grant to run for president the following year. Now, Grant tried to stay neutral, but it was quickly becoming obvious to him that Johnson was a selfish, racist moron who's willing to destroy the country to serve his own thirst for power. It took him a little while. You know, Grant's a trusting guy, but after he says, I'm a racist at the end of every sentence for like, you know, a year or so, he's, Grant's like, I don't know about that guy. He might be a racist. Yeah, I'm starting to think. <laughs> he, he might be exactly what he says. <laughs> well, Johnson's thirst for power became more evident as he replaced Grant's general in the South with sycophants who would turn a blind eye to violence against the freed blacks. The Senate had to vote on whether or not to reinstate Edwin Stanton. Johnson told Grant that if Stanton got his job back, Grant should refuse to give up the office of Secretary of War, or he should just give it to Johnson, so Johnson could give it to whoever he wanted. Then, uh, Grant said, you know what, maybe I should read this fucking law that you're asking me to, uh, you know, violate... And then he found out he'd go to jail and pay a $10,000 fine if he didn't give the job back to Stanton. Grant was like, okay, all right, that's it. No way I'm going to jail for this fucking racist asshole. And he gave the keys to Stanton as soon as the Senate reinstated him. Which he wanted to do anyway. Yeah, he didn't want that you know, fucking was,
1: job. <laughs> yeah, he was just trying to like navigate this political minefield, basically, of like, man... This all seems really fucked up, and I, I don't want to be uh, culpable for any of this. Like, right? I don't want to be here. You could just tell, like, going through like the way that he was saying things is he was trying to do the right thing, and that's a common thread with Grant. Yeah, this dude is constantly trying to do the noble right
0: thing. Yeah, and it's gonna doesn't fuck always happen, him. but he tries. Yeah. Well, when Stanton returned to work, Johnson immediately fired him. Well, Stan refused to leave his fucking office and just locked the door and put guards outside and said, come and get me, you old bitch. You old yeah, racist bitch. Yeah, takes the home with them every <laughs> yeah. night. So like they,
1: it's not like they could commandeer it or anything unless they <laughs> just straight broke it.
0: What a ridiculous... This feels like a fucking sitcom. Like, I wanted to fire him, but he won't leave his office. It's like fucking Milton mm-hmm. from Office yes. Space. We just stopped paying him. <laughs> yeah. Well, for defying the law, the House of Representatives impeached Andrew Johnson. He would avoid indictment in the Senate by one singular vote, but for all intents and purposes, his political career was dead. Which this was fucked, because it was by somebody in the opposite party
1: that, like, just didn't want to ruffle feathers, basically. Yeah. And it's like, what?
0: Dude,
1: either the dude's guilty or he's not.
0: Yeah, it's weird. How these partisan lines get drawn and people just say, you know, we're not going to look at the evidence. We're just going to do what we want to do. Yeah, you know, that's crazy how that shit happens, you know, in this part to of the history. To be fair, yeah. that
1: happened a lot less then. Yeah, it did. That happened a lot less until really the 1980s in the U.S.
0: There were something like nine... Like Nixon. Everybody would like... he was Overwhelming people were voting against him, you know, so... Yeah. That wasn't that long ago. No, and to be fair, I'm, I'm going to play both sides here. I mean, Bill Clinton was incredibly guilty of the shit like he got caught doing, lying to Congress about having sexual relations with that woman. But it didn't matter because they voted along party lines and he was acquitted. Yeah. Now, there were, I think, six or seven, I can't remember the exact number of Republicans who voted not to impeach Johnson, but they were more worried about who would replace him than... You know, him staying in power for a little bit longer. So they said, right, because
1: me. he didn't have a vice president.
0: Right. Yeah. So it was going to be speaker of the house. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but he was. I don't a fuck. even think
1: it was speaker of the house back then. No. But was... I remember reading it. If I actually ran a history podcast, I would remember this to be able <laughs> to relate it to the listener, but I don't. But it was somebody to where like nobody wanted that to happen.
0: Yeah. So they're like, okay, fuck it. Johnson can stay president. Yeah. Well, it didn't matter, because around the same time, the Republican Party unanimously nominated Ulysses S. Grant to run for president.
1: In little-known fact, following his failed presidency, Johnson would run for both the U.S. House of Representatives and the Senate, and would be beaten both times. Imagine that. An ex-president <laughs> can't win a seat in Congress. <laughs> in 1875, the Tennessee legislature made him a U.S. senator, prompting him to say, Thank God for the vindication. End quote. I'm a racist. I'm a racist. End (laughs) show quote. He died five months after being sworn in, and nobody shed a tear.
0: Well, Grant's friends, John Rollins and Tecumseh Sherman, thought it was a very bad idea that he was nominated for president and that he'd make a very bad politician but Grant saw himself as the only man who could guide the country through Reconstruction. Now, Sherman even refused to endorse him, but that was mainly because Sherman, like I said earlier, hated Reconstruction and military occupation of the South. I'm not, I can't back that up, buddy. I love you, but I can't back you up. Grant's opponent was Democrat Horatio Seymour, who had once said the Emancipation Proclamation was, quote, a proposal for the Butcher of Women and Children, for scenes of arson and murder, end quote. His running mate, Frank Blair, said as vice president he would prevent Southern whites, quote, from being driven out of the country or trodden underfoot by an inferior and semi-barbarous race, end quote. I would have said barbarous, but that's fine too. <laughs> okay. Barbarous. <laughs> barbarous. Um, They're all barbers like, oh, we can't let those motherfucker hand take over our country. <laughs> I'll wear my ponytail loud and proud. <laughs> Not a lot of Horatio's these days. No. There's Horatio Sands who's under fire for, uh, that's the guy, right? SNL? Mm-hmm. He's under fire for maybe propositioning a minor like 16, 17 years ago. That's coming out. So we're trying to cancel 16 him. or 17 years ago?
1: Yeah, it's been a Was while. Was he
0: also a minor? No. Man, Am I going like... to be
1: under fire one day?
0: <laughs> no, that dude's like 50-something, man. Okay. He's one of those guys like Tim Meadows who never makes it off of Saturday Night Live. You're like, oh, okay. And Horatio Sands. You're like, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Big fucking surprise there. Okay. Well, back in those days, most candidates didn't campaign. And you would know that. If you listen to our show on James Garfield, just saying. So, Grant went to his beach house in New Jersey and just hung out while Horatio San Seymour campaigned. To draw up support, the Democrats wrote a song parodying Grant's reputation for drinking with words that went, I am Captain Grant of the Black Marines, the stupidest man that ever was seen. I smoke my weed and drink my gin. Paying with the people's tin. Well, it was just bullshit because he drank whiskey. Get your facts straight, you fucking assholes. I didn't know they called marijuana weed. Yeah, I don't then. know. I don't know what they're talking about back then. I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not. I don't know. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, listener, it might surprise you to know that even in 1868, it turned out that being completely silent was a much more effective campaign strategy than being an openly racist dickhead. In November of 1868, Grant won the Electoral College vote in a landslide, 214 to 80. Seemingly, against all odds, in just eight years, Grant had gone from a dude who had been working as a store clerk in a tannery and drifting aimlessly through life, to the President of the United States of America. But you know what? This ain't Hollywood. It's a history podcast, and we get fucking real. Oh, yeah. So what might seem like a happy ending was just a happy middle, which would lead to a somewhat disappointing and tear-filled climax. And Greg is going to tell you all about that after this break. Oh, I can't fucking wait. Let's do it. Now. I'm almost there. Break music, go. All right, we are back from break. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had your own little moment where you're like, this is really good, it's really good, it's getting really good in the middle. And then you had a disappointing climax like we're about to have for you guys here. Like, uh, that way you can relate to the story. Like, my life is just like Grant's. And that's kind of what we're all striving for. You know, it's that human connection, right? Of course. Yeah. Wouldn't have it in any other way. I wish a human would touch me just once. This one. The doctors say it's mostly... I, don't, I can't afford it anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just want it to be organic.
0: <laughs> I just want to look in your eyes and know you're not lying to me when you say that feels good. You know, when you, you rub up and down my arm pimples. What I've been doing
1: is I've been going to the uh, the ER docs at the local hospitals. Mm-hmm. And when the ambulances pull up and they've got a real critical patient, you know, they're they're doing work as they're going. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they are really are unsung heroes yeah. that are sung occasionally. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, I go stand by the door, the entrance to the ER, mm-hmm. and then when they're wheeling the patient in and they're working on them, I'll just kind of like insert myself in the way. Like, oh, excuse me, guys. And and that's how I get that organic human type. <laughs> just fall on top of the poor potentially, guy yeah, Potentially killing somebody, but... My mental health is more important than their physical health.
0: They're a stranger. They're practically nobody. That's how I view them, yeah. Plus, they're already circling the drain anyway. Right? Okay? I'm still here. Yep. Well, speaking of circling the drain, Greg, I feel like I'm doing that a little bit. A little bit of whiskey in the first half, a little bit of whiskey in our famous, our world-famous hangovers that we're doing before our shows start recording. So, I need to bring myself back. And that buzz is with the second half seltzer. Second half seltzer! Second half seltzer! Second, second half, half seltzer.
1: seltzer!
0: And a three, two, one. Ah, I sprayed on my Plus neck it's a it's clear. Little. Ugh, got on my neck. Oh no. He knows to aim for the face. That's where the money shot is. It got on my thick tits, so no. <laughs> uh, today, Greg, if our Instagram followers are paying attention, they already know that I'm memeing it up with the fall collection of seltzers from Bud Light. So, I'm having now the toasted marshmallow seltzer after I had the delicious what? pumpkin spice seltzer. Wow. It has zero sugar, but I still feel like I'm gonna get diabetes drinking this shit, so. <laughs> well... Do you want to tell the people the conclusion to this exciting, enthralling, political
1: story? No, I want to watch football that's on right now, but this is my job, so I have to do it. Okay. Look, do you want entertainment or the truth? (laughs) Probably
0: entertainment, but fuck you. They want to be lied to. They want to. (laughs) This is going to be exciting stuff. Political intrigue. Here it comes. See? That's how you do it. You just lie to them. Following the election, Grant pretty much immediately began making
1: rookie political mistakes. He decided to pick his cabinet on his own and not really ask for anyone's opinion or like, uh, hold interviews or open auditions or (laughs) anything. Like something? Right. During the days of the spoils system, where the winning party got to pick all their buddies for jobs, this pissed a whole lot of people off. One of his most important choices was what job to give his former military chief of staff, John Rollins, who had served as Grant's biggest advisor and also had the job of kicking Grant square in the balls anytime Grant thought about
0: drinking. also invented the baseball glove. People don't know that. I think that's Rawlings. Oh, the shit. The G always wore off on the signature when the ball hit, so I, I just thought it was Rollins. My bad.
1: That's a fake story.
0: That is such a fake story. (laughs) It's true. 100% true. You've never played a sport in your entire
1: life. No. Well, by this point, Rollins had a pretty bad case of tuberculosis, or uh, consumption, if you will, Mm -hmm. in the old time of days. uh, Which prompted Grant to assign Rollins as the military commander of Arizona. And Rollins wasn't happy about that. He said... After all the shit I've done for you, you better make me the fucking Secretary of War, which is the modern day Secretary of Defense.
0: I'm not a racist, end quote. Different guy. Yeah, so you had to say, I'm not a racist. That's You had to clarify back in the day. Everybody needed to know oh, your stance. Oh,
1: everybody said that. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, uh, Grant agreed with Rollins' proposal. You know, the, he had only put him there in the first case because he was concerned for his health. Right. So when Rollins came back and he's like, what the fuck, dude? No, I want to be Secretary of War. He's like, yeah, I was only trying to protect you. Okay. I hope this works out for you, buddy. (laughs) Rollins was a good choice because he always had Grant's best interests in mind. You know, he had a long history of doing that, and there's no reason to think that would change going forward. On the flip side, Grant chose a dude named Orville E. Babcock to be one of his aides. Babcock had fought for the Union at the Wilderness and at Petersburg, and Grant loved him. In fact, Babcock opened Grant's mail and replied as if he were Grant. Grant's trust in this dude would cause some serious problems down the road, but we'll get to that a little later on.
0: Babcock, get in my office. Yes, sir. What seems to be the problem? You've been handling my correspondence, is that correct? Well, yes, sir. Uh, You asked me to do so. Why am I getting so many pictures of topless truck drivers? Well, I thought you'd be interested. They were very kind fellows who happened to send you uh, pictures of their bottom halves, but I have kept those for myself. But if you'd like to see those as well, I have uh, I've also sent them pictures of the bottom half of myself posing as you. Oh, God damn it. Let me see that. Th- oh, my God. Look at all those warts. Jesus Christ, Babcock.
1: <laughs> You're seriously misrepresenting me.
0: <laughs> I am at least three quarters of an inch... Longer, when I've, you know, had, had a pill or two. But you that's bullshit. <laughs> when I get out of the hot tub. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the Potomac hot tub. <laughs> well, another source of fun for Grant would be his shithead father-in-law, Colonel Dent, who Julia moved into the White House as soon as Grant was inaugurated. <sighs> <sighs> Do you imagine? For the next few years, visitors would see the colonel hanging out all over the White House with his favorite spot being the waiting room outside Grant's office, where he'd give his political lectures to waiting politicians. Like, what an asshole. <laughs> yeah. It, rem- it reminds me of uh, this time when somebody tried to, like, give me advice on how to podcast. You know, stop talking about sleeping with married truckers.
0: <laughs> give the
1: hambone bone bit a rest. Or uh, my favorite quit.
0: (laughs) who's the pro here? Who's the pro? Shut up, Dan Carlin. Mind your fucking business. (laughs) Stay in your lane, history man.
1: (laughs) Well, Colonel fucking Jackass Dent would also spend banquets, hanging out in an easy chair next to the table, telling everyone that Grant was a Democrat. He
0: just didn't know it yet. (laughs) (laughs) See, this part made me think of... The dad from Frasier But you know Obviously extremely racist mm-hmm. But just hanging out there Just dropping one liners As they're talking about Like emancipating people He's like Oh I'll emancipate my dick Or some shit like that Yeah I, I'm not Obviously not a writer From Frasier Uh huh But it you know, just cracked me up Just hearing the Picture in the Frasier music While he's sitting In the White House Just dropping his bullshit One liners To all these people Sitting there at the table
1: yeah. <laughs> I'll have the shrimp scampi Oh I'll have the uh, Tall salad and scrambled eggs Hey <laughs> In addition to taking in the colonel, Grant gave a lot of cush jobs to his siblings and to his in laws. Once again, this pissed off congressmen who thought he should give cush jobs to THEIR siblings and in laws. Despite all of this pressure, Grant showed his progressive side by naming numerous African Americans, Jewish Americans, and Native Americans to federal positions, including Ebenezer D. Bassett, the first African American diplomat, and Eli Parker, a full blood Seneca who was named Commissioner of Indian Affairs. In September of 1869, John Rollins died of death. No! Yeah, and also uh, he had a mild case of tuberculosis. No. But it was, the, it was mainly the death that killed
0: him. <laughs> yeah. Must have been making out with Doc Holliday that did it.
1: <laughs> Doc Holliday was extra drunk. <laughs> yeah. Rollins was looking so sexy.
0: I'm your Huckleberry.
1: Good, because I'm going to be your Thuckleberry, boy. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, boom, TB.
0: Yeah, that's how it happens.
1: Well, this turned out to be a key point in Grant's presidency. Now, his best and most trusted advisor was gone. Grant was on his own, and unsurprisingly, if you've been paying any attention at all... He was about to get taken advantage of.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. I didn't see it coming.
1: That year, Grant had passed a law saying all paper money would be backed by gold. Two dudes in New York, Jay Gould and Jim Fisk, realized that if they could corner the markets on gold sales, that would make their stash worth its weight in (laughs) gold. (laughs) No, that's stupid.
0: That's stupid. Super gold. Yes! <laughs> there we go. Yes! Fucking nailed it. History podcasting. 101, you listening, bitches? Yeah. That's how you do it. Yeah, give me some guitar.
1: Well, the problem was that the U.S. Treasury had a lot of their own gold and could sell it any time the price got too high. So these guys buttered up Grant's brother-in-law, Abel Corbin, and got him to convince Grant to appoint a dude to the New York Treasury that had zero financial training, but did come up with that banger of a bugle song, Taps.
0: (laughs) Such a weird qualification. You good with money? Well, I haven't really tried, but uh, have you heard Taps? Oh, fuck, all the time. Civil War, man. That was like on loop. It was like the number one track. Pulls out his pocket trumpet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I mean, it's in the wrong key. It's a pocket trumpet, but you see what I'm saying, right? Yeah, dude, you got the job. You're hired. Fucking A.
0: I don't care. Don't Doubling care. Doubling the salary. I can't I can't say no to this guy. Are you kidding me? This guy. He wrote Taps. Oh, by the
1: way, do you have any like financial experience? Oh, no. Well, hey, man, a deal's a deal. We'll see what happens, all right?
0: All the money I got from Taps, I spent on cocaine. Blew it <laughs> right. Blew it away, man. That's uh. I desperately need this job, so no gifties baxies, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> well then Jay Gould and
1: Jim Fisk, they went to work on Grant. Gould and Fisk, who also owned railroads, gave Grant all sorts of free rides and luxury cars and began to tell him that it'd be best if the gold price was high, because it would increase the price of exports, which meant the average Midwestern farmer would make more selling his produce and grain. You know, and this is Grant's weakness. Yeah. Is people splashing money around. He's like, Oh, well, they must have they must be good enough in business to where they they have this money for that reason. Right. And so they are they're good at what they do. And so he automatically would trust people like that. Yeah. And of course, these guys would use their railroads to make money shipping that stuff.
0: Yeah. The old B and O, the rating, Pennsylvania. That other one I can't yeah. remember the name of. Short line. Short line. I did it. I got it. (laughs) Saved save the
1: joke right there. I did it. Every time you land on it, if you own all four, that's 200 bones, my friend. Yeah. Eventually, Grant would slow government sales of gold, and the price soared. By the time he figured out the scheme and reinstated the sales, damage was already done. The economy took a massive hit. The public didn't really blame Grant or say he was corrupt, but they realized he was pretty fucking gullible. One writer, who particularly hated Grant, declared that the U.S.
0: in U.S. Grant stood for uniquely stupid. Ha <laughs> ha! Got not him! Even, not even his actual initials. And these people keep burning him with this shit. These motherfuckers.
1: <laughs> He's really gotten fucked by that initial <laughs> letter yeah. to admittance into West Point.
0: Yeah, if his parents just had given just- him
1: a fake middle initial.
0: <laughs> just named him Steve Grant. Just name him Steve Grant. Everything's fine. No problems. Yeah. They're like, Steve Grant, uh, super, well, I can't say that. That'd be offensive, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> super gullible. Got him. Boom. Okay. 1860s burn. Suck it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but suck it only if you want, not because I'm implying that that's the only <laughs> thing you do, but super I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say
0: it. <laughs> You can't goad me say into it. saying it, Grant. <laughs> Quit licking your lips like that. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Put your nipples back in your shirt.
1: <laughs> well, amid all of that, Congress created and passed the 15th Amendment, which guaranteed the right of all U.S. citizens with a penis to vote.
0: And, and just to be clear, the penis had to be attached. You couldn't, like, chop off somebody's penis and go waggle it around them. I'm here! Where's my ballot? I got a poll for the polls! Get it? Hey, get it?
1: Place this woman under arrest. (laughs) No, I'm a man. I want two votes.
0: (laughs) But then it's Greg, and he pulls down his pants and he has the strap on over his penis. Three votes! (laughs) It's a strap on... Over my penis or under? Well, I don't know. Either way, there are I two. Feel like it's under because I want my balls
1: to rest on it.
0: <laughs> we have not settled this canon. We have not settled this part of the Greg mythos. Okay. We'll figure it out off air. Well, we I need guess. to settle this
1: canon and balls because I feel like the balls should be in between the two dicks. That way, you don't know which dick it belongs to. <laughs> That's true. The Greg sized <laughs> one or the big purple dragon one? Yeah, with the it's... balls
0: on top. Think upside confusing. down dick, Chris. You don't know. <laughs> no. It's a medical condition. This is the dumbest fucking podcast. Yes, it is. Well,
1: the 15th Amendment was obviously a big deal and something Grant had supported, but it was also going to cause him a lot of headaches. White Southerners were going to do everything they could, particularly the extreme use of violence, to keep freed blacks from voting. That meant Grant would have to keep troops in the South. Also, slaves had only counted as three-fifths of a person. Now they were full citizens, which meant Southern states got more representatives in Congress and more electoral votes. It's a big deal. Yeah, but, oh, black men vote, no boo. Yeah.
0: It's
1: like, but... You're actually getting more representation. Yeah.
0: It's, uh, you know.
1: There's no reasoning with uh, racist, though, right?
0: There is not. Absolutely not. If you don't believe me, come to Thanksgiving. You, me, we'll all sit down and have a conversation with my uncle. He'll be like, Washington football team. <laughs> all right. Go woke, go broke, am I right?
1: <laughs> oh, one of those guys, yeah. huh? Yeah. <laughs> Still, overall, it was viewed as a civil rights victory, which meant Grant should have been in the good graces of a radical Republican like Massachusetts Senator Charles Sumner. But he was pissy that Grant didn't make him Secretary of State. So he did everything he could to slander Grant and shoot down every single one of his ideas.
0: Yeah, I get tired of this. reading this story. It it just drove it home even more. I get tired of the, when you go back to old days when men were men, your feelings didn't matter. These bitches got upset over everything and held the biggest fucking grudges forever. Yes, Yes, they did. Oh my god. Well, the big idea that
1: Grant had was the annexation of Santo Domingo, which is the modern-day Dominican Republic. He had been working on it since he was inaugurated, and Sumner, who was the head of the Foreign Relations Committee, said he'd back Grant if Grant made one of his buddies the foreign minister to England. Grant agreed. And then Sumner shouted, psych, which legally allowed him to vote against the annexation. Grant didn't know that rookie move, man. Didn't Mm -hmm. know that. Grant didn't give up. He sent a three-man committee of dudes who were against the idea down to the Dominican to see if it would work. And they all came back and said, hey, rum, beaches, Latin beaches, I mean, mean Latin women, (laughs) let's do this thing. Get it. (laughs) Beaches.
0: I get it. Thank you, Grant.
1: (laughs) Sumner launched into a four-hour tirade against the idea, and it was just chock full of racism, which should have been evident when all of his supporters turned out to be former Confederates. Grant would wind up firing Sumner's London buddy, and, a little while later, he would get Sumner kicked off the foreign committee.
0: Yeah, this guy who had been so, like, abolitionist... You know, the North shall win, fuck the South. All of a sudden, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, all these people live on the island. They're all brown and lazy. We need to... No way we're going to let them be Americans. And all of the other, you know, the racists from the South are like, yeah, that's that's what we've been saying for all this time, man. All right, high five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, and that, reading
1: this story, I've always been a big Tecumseh Sherman fan.
0: I was, too, until re- I read this story. <laughs> Yeah,
1: he's fucking pretty racist asshole yeah, too. Yeah, it's just like, oh man, you're so fucking cool. And you're like me, like you'd go on long sabbaticals of drunkenness. Can that be called a sabbatical, or is that called a bender? Anyway, <laughs> you, you know, and then you just fucking like you're losing your mind, and then all of a sudden you're just like, no, I'm really good at this thing, and then I get back to fantasy football, and <laughs> you know, I win the championship and shit, but then. This is where Tecumseh and me diverge.
0: Okay, good. Thank he you for clarifying. He calls clarify.
1: all of his uh, league mates the N-word. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah. I, ju- I call them a lot of bad things, but <laughs> that's a bridge too far for me. Yes. Not for Tecumseh.
0: Soft A only for Greg. That's, you know. Come on. <laughs> Jesus.
1: <laughs> Not even funny to joke about. Kind of funny. Kind of funny. <laughs> Now, for all of his goof-ups as a politician, Grant was still a great strategist and military leader. At no point during his presidency was this more apparent than when he decided to go after the Ku Klux Klan. If you aren't familiar with the Klan, which is kind of weird. Still exists. Yep. They were a bunch of Confederate assholes who dressed up like ghosts and attacked and killed African Americans and the white people who supported them. It got so bad in states like Louisiana that every night black families would leave their houses, go hide in the woods to avoid the roaming murderers. Can
0: you imagine, man? Like, oh, sun's going down, let's go hide in the fucking trees so we don't get murdered tonight.
1: <sighs> it's fucking wild, dude. Yeah. It's wild, just the unjust, and it makes sense with a recently conquered rebel army Yeah, that of course a lot of those people are going to find other ways to exact their hatred.
0: Yeah. And they're a bunch of coward bitches that won't do it in daylight with their face show, and They throw on the hood and go out and do it. You know, everybody knows who the fuck they are. It doesn't matter. Pieces of shit. Yeah. I'm glad they're dead and rotting in hell. Yes. Yeah, there's one. He's like, he gets there. He's yes, like, yeah, with
1: Mother I Teresa.
0: I pulled this drowning puppy out of a river. Oh, okay. Were you also in the clan? Well, you couldn't see me because I was wearing a mask. Oh, you got me. you got (laughs) me, you son of a bitch, you got Uh, me. (laughs) All right, well, I guess I belong here. Okay.
1: (laughs) Take me away, boys. Well, through his attorney general and his military leaders, Grant's administration went to work capturing and arresting members of the Klan. Thousands were arrested and prosecuted, and while the Klan didn't disappear, the level of violence against Southern blacks dropped dramatically. In 1872, Grant was re-elected, but things were getting worse. Eli Parker, the man he chose to run the Indian Affairs Bureau we mentioned earlier, well, turns out he was running a corrupt group known as the Indian Ring, where agents were pocketing the funds meant for Native Americans, which made reservation life barely preferable to death. Grant also half-heartedly supported civil service reforms that would have stopped some of the spoils systems that plagued his administration.
0: Yep, and little known fact, Greg, in that election of eighteen seventy two the man who Grant beat was Horace Greeley. Greeley had been a Republican, but he joined forces with the dark side, the Democrats, to try and take Grant down. Not only did Greeley lose by a very large margin, his wife died right before the election, his newspaper failed, and he himself died just three weeks after the election.. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> like, what if he had won, though? Because that was before the Electoral College voted. Like, he dies in those three weeks after the election. Like, oh, our president's dead, so I guess it goes to the guy who's running as vice president, maybe?
1: I mean, if my aunt had a dick, she'd be my uncle. If she also took a penchant for naked... Greco-Roman wrestling in the basement. Then she'd be my uncle.
0: <laughs> yeah. it's, m- it's more if, of a mindset thing than anything.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first year of Grant's second term sucked fucking butthole. There was a crash on Wall Street and a recession so big that for the next fifty-six years it was known as the Great Depression. Like until an even greater depression came
0: along. Couldn't call it Great Depression Two. You know, Suicide Boogaloo. Great Depression
1: Two. <laughs> Economy strikes back. (laughs) His treasury secretary had to resign because he hired a tax collector that extorted companies by lying and saying they owed back taxes. His dad, Jesse, who had been a frustrating mix of a proud doting father and a jackass looking to capitalize on his son's name, died, just like everybody in this story, of death. Mm -hmm. On the plus side, his father-in-law, the colonel, Also died of death in his White
0: House easy chair. Yes, we did it. Thank goodness. We did it. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him.
1: We got him. In 1874, Democrats took more seats in Congress and more gubernatorial spots around the country. In the North, the Republicans became bored with civil rights and began to focus on big business. All of this led to less military intervention in the South which in turn led to more violence against black citizens. Grant still lobbied for civil rights, though, and passed a law banning segregation in schools. The law passed, but unfortunately would later be declared unconstitutional by the Supreme Court. What well, do y'all remember that guy, Orville Babcock we mentioned earlier? Turns out this whole time, he had been aiding a group known as the Whiskey Ring, which had been bribing Chet... Greg's been aiding the Whiskey Ring... <laughs> which had been bribing treasury
0: officials to avoid paying whiskey taxes. Motherfuckers. All taxation is theft, especially whiskey taxation. Fuck you, George Washington. Fight me.
1: I wish I could go back in time and join that whiskey rebellion.
0: Yeah, I bet you won't amass a 13,000-man army marching into my city. Yeah, I bet you fucking won't, you old bitch. Knock out your fake-ass teeth. Yeah, what you gonna do about that? I'll insult your coat, you'll be all upset. Ron Turnon will be like, oh, I got so upset he went back home and started buying new coats with new buttons. And you just cry on your fucking buttons all day. Yeah, that's right. Fuck you, George Washington, father of our country. Got him. Got him.
1: Ron Turnon does talk excessively about the orders of coats for George <laughs> Washington. <laughs> he does. But also, uh, I think he would whoop your ass like he did
0: in our episode on the Whiskey, Whiskey Rebellion. Room. Oh, yeah. As soon as he showed up at the army, I'd be one of the guys like, Oh, where do I sign, Sam? I, I don't want to fight anybody? Where, right here? Well, I, I
1: was just LARPing. What the fuck? <laughs> I didn't realize. Oh,
0: the, oops. Yeah, I saw a crowd just kind of watered in, man. I, I didn't know what was happening. I thought it was a new Avengers movie.
1: Well, this Babcock guy had received kickbacks to turn a blind eye. Grant's treasury secretary discovered it and began to prosecute the offenders. Grant absolutely refused to believe that his best buddy Babcock could do something illegal and defended him publicly and privately. Only when Babcock was indicted did Grant finally accept that maybe his buddy was an asshole.
0: Yeah, this was actually Grant's biggest failing as a president, is he just trusted everyone. It's his biggest failing as a person. He just trusted everyone, and if you were his friend, he trusted you to the very fucking end. Like, he would not give up on you as a person. So a lot of people burned him. Just doing this. He was just too naive, I guess, gullible, whatever you want to call it. He was just too trusting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: For sure. That was certainly his biggest failing was like once he liked you, he couldn't imagine you to be a bad person. Yeah. Or to be capable of doing something bad, which that says a lot positively about somebody that he had that kind of view. Yeah. Like that's a positive thing. It's not like me. I'm very misanthropic. I hate all people, even when they do nice things, I'm like,
0: (laughs) what's your to what end? (laughs) To what end?
1: (laughs) So, you know, in one sense he's the opposite of that, Mm -hmm. but he gets burned over and over on the ship. Whole fucking life. We're not even done with him getting burned. If
0: he if it wasn't for war. Where he was in control and he had he could give the orders and everybody just had to listen to him? Dude. Just so many times he got fucked over.
1: Definitely. Well, in 1876 came another black eye for the Grant Presidency in the form of General George Armstrong Dum-Dum Custer. If you want to hear the story of Custer's Last Stand, be sure to check out episode 48, focusing on the Battle of the Little Bighorn. It's a good one.
0: It's a pretty good one. It's a pretty good one. Most of our shows are shit, but that one's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> it stands out as just being slightly above. it. I would put it in the
1: category of mediocre.
0: Even. Maybe. Ooh, let's let the listener decide.
1: <laughs> no, we tell them what they think. <laughs> well, Grant thought Custer had been an idiot, but overall Custer's attack showed Grant's actual view on Native Americans. He wanted them to move to the reservations and accept Christianity and abandon their heritage. And if they refused, he meant to force them. And if they dared to resist white people, he took that as a declaration of war.
0: Not so progressive now, are we, Ulysses S. Grant? Mm. Hmm. When
1: the 1876 elections came around, there was some thought that Grant would seek another nomination, but he quickly squashed that. He was tired of being president, and the people were tired of the constant scandals that plagued his administration. Grant himself had never actually done anything that would be considered unethical. He just made really bad choices in friends and trusted them, like we said, to a fault. Still, he'd improved the economy, avoided war, and had worked tirelessly to create and protect the civil rights of African Americans. Overall, his presidency is the expected result of taking a good man with zero
0: experience and throwing
1: them to the wolves of politics.
0: And that's the thing that drives me crazy every time he's like, oh, vote for that guy, he's not a politician. Well, he's going to get fucking steamrolled. He's either going to make some terrible fucking decisions or he's just going to get steamrolled by people who have been doing this for a long time. Because I would consider myself very similar to Grant in the fact you put me in the presidency. I'd be, like, trying to do the right thing, trying to be a good thing, and someone else is just, like, here's what you should do. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, it sounds good to
1: me. Oh, yeah. dude. <laughs> I would be fucking pilfering. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I only get, like, $250,000 a year salary? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm making this worth my fucking. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'd be getting in so many wars. Mm-hmm. Getting cutbacks from contractors that you don't want to move in. Oh,
0: yeah. The old Ooh. the old Dick Cheney model. I like it.
1: That's right. Yeah. Oh, man. They'd call me fucking Cock Cheney after that. <laughs> that. Just full on. Big
0: old swinging dong Cheney. <laughs> you know Dick Cheney has that robot heart? I have a robot dick. Look at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's got lights on it and shit. LEDs. <laughs> yeah. like a fucking (laughs) fidget spinner.
1: (sighs) Well, after they left the White House, Ulysses and Julia went on a world tour that lasted from 1877 to 1879. On the trip, he became even more world famous and became more adept at politics and public speaking. So much so that there was some thought that he could run for president in 1880. At the June 1880 Republican Convention, he was nominated as a potential candidate But you all should know that that nomination went to our
0: boy, James Big Cat Garfield. Let me hear it! Real talk. uh, Today we're recording. It's a Monday. and I was at work and there was a bunch of shit that piled up over the weekend to deal with. And I said, man, I fucking hate Mondays. And I was like, oh God. Oh God, what is happening to me? Oh no. I'm sure Odie's shit on the living room floor. I gotta go clean it up. Then I just curled up under my desk, took a nap, woke up, had some lasagna. Everything was good. It was great.
1: (laughs) Grant officially retired, but life wasn't done shitting all over him. He and pretty much all of his family invested in a Wall Street brokerage house whose owner Ferdinand Ward renamed Grant and Ward. Turns out that was a massive Ponzi scheme, and Ward robbed the Grants of millions of dollars. Shortly after that, in 1885... Grant was diagnosed with throat cancer after years of smoking cigars.
0: And his doctor wisely suggested that he cut it back to one cigar a day. I like that. <laughs> you know, at this point, man, just fucking live life. You're, you're fucking dicked. Just uh, have fun. But it
1: was to the point to where, like, swallowing water was excruciating to him. Yeah, it's like drinking fire is what he said. Yeah, dr- molten lava, I believe. Was, yeah, 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 that's yeah, what it was, yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. Like, if you can't drink water,
0: I mean... Might as well drink whiskey. Good, oh, okay, yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I got another excuse for the bag. Let me say this. Let me, let me defend our boy Grant just for a second. Throughout this episode, we have not mentioned hardly anything about Grant being drunk, and that is because once he became president, he completely became a teetotaler, never got drunk again. So, props to him for that. And then the cigars killed the shit out of him because that's what he replaced it with.
1: Yeah, good job not drinking, yeah.
0: <laughs> Clitter. I want an absolute drunk president. I actually want him up there holding a fucking martini glass, just... You know what? Fuck Italy. Nuke. <laughs> God.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is bad. That's
1: why I'd, I would never want the presidency. I mean, unless you guys would vote for me.
0: <laughs> just putting out some feelers. Just putting out some feelers. Below in the
1: comments. <laughs> As a last-ditch effort to leave money for his family, Grant turned to the world of cooking meth in the New Mexico desert. Or, more accurately, he paired with Mark Twain and published his memoirs, which went on to be a massive bestseller. Ulysses S. Grant died on July 23, 1885, just days after completing his memoirs. History is torn on Grant. Was he a great general, and did he just have superior manpower? Was he an underrated president? Or was he ineffective and forgettable? You guys will have to answer those questions for yourselves. All we can say is that if getting drunk and loving America like Ulysses S. Grant is wrong, then baby, we don't want to be right. End of story. Woo! We did it. Three. God damn! We can't Fucking stop doing it, parse. Chris.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? Oh uh, I'm getting a boner for myself. We already have the next show lined up, but what if we dove into the 1,300-page Ron Chernow book on Alexander uh, Hamilton? When we do that? Let's do that next. I'm out. Okay, fuck it. I'm yeah, out. me too. I, I can't handle it right now. Maybe next time we come back from a break and I have time to yeah. to discuss how many buttons Hamilton had on his coat. Mm. But hope you guys enjoyed it. hope you learned a whole lot about it. Grant, I know I did researching it. Very interesting story, very interesting. Dude, kind of a forgotten dude once he gets outside of the Civil War, and I think there's more to that story. So, I hope you enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, not not something I um I didn't know about him yeah. a lot outside of a few battles specifically, yeah, in the Civil War. So, this was a definitely a learning experience for me.
0: Yep. And he hated it. He'll never learn anything again, but that's okay. You guys can. <laughs> By listening to us, but we have a little bit more to tell you. A little bit more learning for you guys to do. And that comes in the form of a little thing we like to call... Fast Facts. Fast Fact Number One During a meeting with Frederick Douglass and four other black leaders, Andrew Johnson went on a bizarre rant where he said he owned slaves, but never sold one, so that made him cool. He then said civil rights, specifically the right to vote, would just lead to former slaves and their former masters conspiring to keep the poor white southerners in slavery. And he ended it with saying, I'm a racist. And that was just more evidence of how Johnson was a tone-deaf racist piece of shit.
1: Fast Fact Number 2 Front and center at Grant's inauguration was his father, Jesse Grant. His mother, Hannah Grant, refused to attend because the Dent family would be there, and she didn't want to be gawked at by the crowd. By the time she died, she had hardly ever visited the White House and never really seemed to give a shit about her son's accomplishments.
0: Shout out to my mom! (laughs) Hi, Dad! (laughs) Fast Fact Number 3 For all of his progressive ideals, Grant still thought women's suffrage was kind of a joke. That didn't stop famous suffragette Susan B. Anthony from illegally voting for him in 1872. She and the five male registrars that allowed her to vote were arrested and found guilty of voter fraud. Grant pardoned the men.
1: Fast Fact Number 4 Just before his death, the country found out Grant was broke. Donations flooded in, including $150,000 from rail magnate Cornelius Vanderbilt, and a pension from the U.S. government. Just like when he was young and poor, Grant insisted on paying back his debts and gave his House and Civil War medals to Vanderbilt, one of the richest men in the U.S. Vanderbilt accepted, but insisted that Grant stay in the House, and he donated the medals to the federal government. But as soon as you're
0: dead, I'm selling all that shit. (laughs) I mean,
1: that's that's the rich way to do things. Mustache 12 I'll take it back. So I own it. You stay there for free until you die here in about a year and a half. (laughs) The medals,
0: uh, they're worthless. I'll donate those. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that ends the Grant saga. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did please be sure to find us at 100ProofHistory on social media, where you'll find all sorts of memes and funny stuff related to the story. Go to 100ProofHistory.com, and there you can find our Patreon, which will link you to the old episodes that are no longer available to normal humans. It'll also give you early access to the new episodes, and give you access to the good times, having fun, hangovers, talking about new stuff that I mentioned in the intro. I uh, really hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you had fun. We're getting
1: close to like 150 extra pieces oh, of shit. so much shit. On the Patreon. For
0: $3 so. a month, you can get so much extra shit. So if if you like what you hear, you're really going to like the stuff that we don't give to you for free.
1: That's, <laughs> if you don't like what you hear, just know that I'm everything that you want in a person... <laughs> like you want yourself to be, I am that person. I'm good in all of those ways. I agree with all of your opinions,, mm-hmm. not with the other opinions. Oh, those
0: are bad opinions <laughs> <Give me $100. laughs> Well, I guess that does I, it I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I like it, <laughs> but for me, you're a sexy host, Chris, your editor, producer, just you know probably the hottest guy who ever wore a gimp suit, Wolf Dick. Uh, Dan Dan the intro man All the rest We thank you for listening Main host Gregory Do you have anything else to say To these humans Listening with their ear holes?
1: I don't know about you guys I'm a fan of sailboats What's everybody's opinions on the sa- <laughs> Alright bye
0: <laughs> This is a country for white men uh,
1: End of a sentence before the next one Greg is a genius podcaster and fantasy football player, although that's not evident yet on either count. The results don't
0: back him up on either
1: count.
0: It's important to be confident. You sing that song in bed with your wife, you're like, I'm going to get a boner now now even though it doesn't happen i probably can right
1: now <laughs> now now <laughs> honey sing with me <laughs>
0: this is a country for white men
1: i didn't know if you wanted to say anything after that Nah, i'm good to affirm that you're also not a racist that's why I editorialized with my unfortunately.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I'm good. They can. No, man, I'm good.
1: <laughs> I don't want to send that
0: message at all. We got to take opposite sides. Keep the listener base. <laughs> this is a country for white men. <laughs>